You're innovating wrong. Cut it out. Ah, innovation. That ephemeral, nigh-mystical magic where artsy, creative types ride the winds of a brainstorm until they arrive at a new, brilliant idea. Right? Mm. Wrong. Like, completely wrong. All of that. Wrong. A major reason so many of us struggle to innovate in meaningful and sustainable ways is that we fundamentally misunderstand innovation as a practice. Real innovation is not some sexy or mystical force that comes from a bolt of lightning. It's slow, plodding, challenging, disciplined, data-driven, and dependent on structured, strategic creativity, all in the service of solving for an unmet need. It's not magic. Heck, most of the time it's not particularly fun, but get it right, and it can provide a massive competitive advantage in the short and long term. So, where do most of us get stuck in innovation? Well, unfortunately, the answer is step one. Most of us take an ideas-first approach to innovation. Everyone crowds into a conference room and fills sticky pad after sticky pad with ideas. We begin with a blue skies attitude where everything's on the table and anything is possible. And while most of us have been conditioned to think that way about brainstorming and innovation, it's actually a pretty bad idea, believe it or not. Why? Because, as I said earlier, meaningful innovation solves an unmet need in the market. Those unmet needs are the goal you and your team are working toward. Otherwise, you're creating solutions in search of problems. So what exactly is a need? Well, Tony Ulwick, founder of Stratagen and guest of the Marketing Futures podcast, has the answer. It goes back to uh, Levitt saying, you know, people didn't want or don't want the quarter inch drill, they want the quarter inch hole. What it does is that opens the door to a different perspective, right? It, it helps you think through why people buy products in the first place, right? They're not buying products for the sake of having the product, they're buying a product to get a job done. So now instead of defining a market around the use case or a application or a technology or a product, we can define a market as a group of people trying to get a job done. Well, then we can define customer needs, uh, not as exciters and delighters and specs and requirements, but we can define them as the metrics that people use to measure success as they go about and get that job done. So we can quantify which of the 50 or 100 needs in a given market are underserved, as we say. They're important, but they're not well satisfied. Well, if we can pinpoint you know, the top 10 unmet needs in a market, then we can go create solutions that will address those needs. Before your team can even begin to consider innovating, you must first start by listing out your market's most glaring unmet needs. Then prioritize them based on customer research and voila, you have your innovation roadmap. Finally, it's time to let those ideas fly, now with a plan and established targets. Sounds easy, right? Of course it isn't. Nothing worth doing is ever that simple. Innovative cultures, much like most everything around the concept of innovation, are misunderstood by most marketers. Here then, are three hard truths about innovative cultures, inspired by a Harvard Business Review article written by Gary P. Pisano. Number one, innovative cultures have a tolerance for failure, but no tolerance for incompetence. 
some of the most highly touted innovators have had their share of public failures. I mean, Google Glass, anyone? However, as tolerant as innovative companies are of failure, they're just as intolerant of incompetence. Failure must be the result of a risky idea, not shoddy design or careless oversight. Number two, innovative cultures are psychologically safe, but brutally honest. A great idea can come from anywhere, and an innovative culture is one where everyone feels free to speak their mind without fear of reprisal. However, at the same time, everyone must be prepared to defend their ideas with sound logic and data in the face of sharp, frank criticism. Too often, companies will mistake politeness for respect, and as a result, ideas aren't put through a thorough vetting process, limiting their potential. When it comes to innovation, the candid organization will outperform the nice one every time. Number three, innovative cultures are flat, but have strong leadership. In recent years, there's been a lot of talk about making organizations flat, where everyone is given a wide latitude to take action, make decisions, and voice their opinions. However, a lack of hierarchy does not mean a lack of leadership. On the contrary, flat organizations require stronger leadership than hierarchical ones. When employees have agency to make tactical, minute-to-minute -minute decisions, they must have the brand's strategic priorities and directions guiding them. The overarching strategic vision must be championed and reinforced by the top of the organization, or flat organizations can devolve into chaos quickly. And chaos does not make for a culture that fosters innovation. Look, I'll be honest with you, true innovation is not easy. It's actually pretty hard. But for ANA members, there's help. The Marketing Futures Practice of Innovation Report is a step-by-step -step guide to making your business more innovative, from organization to tech to, you guessed it, culture. Just go to ana.net slash innovate to download your copy today. For the Marketing Futures Podcast, I'm Mike Burbridge.